Hello and welcome to Just Bugs, an appreciation podcast for those off-topic creatures we humans call bugs, despite their official classifications. I'm your host, Savannah, and today I have my co-host Matt with me. Uh, <laughs> I love it! Uh, uh. Is that going to be your commentary the whole time, though? Because I don't think that's going to go super great. Uh, <laughs> I love it so. I don't know if that's mummy or zombie. Somewhere in between, like Frankenstein. It's oh, Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein's Frank- monster. Why is everything grunt? I don't know. Mummies be grunting. Zombies be grunting. Frankie be grunting. Human speech is not that scary. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Anywho, it is continuation of October and as such, Halloween spooky episodes. Yes. Yeah, I should note that like, I don't want any of these bugs to be hated on as spooky bugs. Yeah, they're just cool bugs that are appropriate for the season. Exactly. They're not. Evil. Evil. Well, some might be. But our next one's pretty bad. Not this one, but you'll see. But also so cool, and I like them. So <laughs> <laughs> but no spoilies on that today. We are covering the Dracula and Oh, this should have been last week. I know, because you were Dracula. Or was that two weeks ago? Who's Who knows? <laughs> it was the beginning. But yes, Dracula Ant, otherwise known as Vampire or Vampire Ant. Vampire Ant. Vampire Ants. <laughs> Sounds super cool. I don't know anything about it. I only know about it because I looked up like spooky bugs. <laughs> Perfect. Is that yes. how you found this one? It is, yeah. So the scientific classification for the Dracula ant group, the tribe, is Ambliopanini. Ambliopanini. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it can't be right, but that's what I got. It's like science word plus panini. But it's Ponini. (laughs) (laughs) There are a few different genera, two species that I found a lot on. Um, Yeah, so they are social insects and ants. They are called vampire ants also, but as a forewarning, they're kind of a rare type of insect and also have some really cool features, which makes it really difficult to research them because everything you find is kind of on all these cool things and there's not a lot of information about the normal AKA boring stuff. Yeah, this happens. It does. I mean, we do with what we can. Yes. So basically a do lot. what we can with what we have. You, they got you it. You got it. <laughs> uh, a lot of the information I'll have to kind of just like fill in with ants in general and make some, you know, science-y type guesstimations based on what I know. Yeah. 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 That's fine with me. As per usual. So what do they look like? They, I could only find measurements for one, and that's am camelai. A-M camelai. It's, it's mysterium. Isn't that cool? What? Mysterium camelai. That's oh, the species. Right. This is the type. Mysterium camelai. Yeah. Yeah. Mysterious camel. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mysterious camel. Um, there's also another species that has another name. Uh, I'll get to that one later. But for now. Mysterious camel. <laughs> <laughs> the we, the queens can get around seven millimeters, which is like 0.27 of an inch. So not very big. Yeah. And then the workers can get from like 3.3 to 4.5 millimeters, which is less than 0.2. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not the hugest of the bugs. Also, there was one source that listed a separate species, P. lawry, which was as small as 1.5 millimeters. So itty bitty, teeny tiny. Tiny. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, so the color does depend on the species. Females seem to be more pale and males are darker. This makes sense because the males are out in the sun and so the darker color kind of protects them from UV rays where the females stay pretty much underground. I was going to guess that and I was like, no, that's dumb. No, you got it. <laughs> I yeah. was like, yeah, they're out, they're tan, they're more tan. And then I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. No, it does. Yeah, it definitely apparently. does. See, look, I'm so smart. That's how humans work too. Do I have a picture of one of these vampire ants or is this just an ant? I'm pretty sure. Well, okay. Here's, here's what I know. The post says it's a vampire ant or a Dracula ant. Personally, I cannot confirm this, <laughs> but that is what it says. And it makes some sense uh, based on kind of their whole thing, but we'll get into that later. But um, yes, they are colored different based on species, like I mentioned. But they also have like the different colorations can be burnt red, copper, brown, or like a golden honey color. And some species are colorless and have like an opaque white worker type ant where the rest of the ants are a little bit more colorful. Okay. Yeah, the one that I'm looking at is kind of like a, I don't know, like a molasses-y yeah. color. And it's uh, very shiny, but then also hairy, which is weird because it looks like hard and shiny, but also needs a shave, which is <laughs> kind of an odd combination. <laughs> but it yeah. looks cool. And then, yeah, the limbs and the antenna and the the mouth parts are all like uh, caramely, or like you were saying. Uh, yeah, like a like honey, a honey caramel. Yeah. Honey caramel. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so all species kind of are very, very textural based on the images that I saw. So that makes sense with like the hairiness. It's like hairs and bumps and spiky textures and just kind of all across the whole ant. They do have a head, a thorax, and an abdomen like all insects do. However, these guys have what we call like a waist. It's like a joint between the thorax and the abdomen. That's actually uniquely small for these kinds of species the Dracula ants, it looks and kind of measures up to what, like, a wasp's waist looks like, you know, a little skinny mm-hmm. thread like thing. Yeah. They, yeah, it's always interesting to me. It's like a like a corset or like a yeah, girdle kinda, or something. Yeah. Like, why are they wearing one of those? I don't know. Seems counterintuitive. <laughs> but, yes, they have two large, well, they have two compound eyes. I don't know how large they are. They're there. And then they've got three ocelli or hat eyes arranged in a triangle pattern commonly seen in bees and wasps. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't really think that ants and wasps and stuff were close, but they do have a lot of similar They're parts. They're pretty close, actually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they do also usually have wings. Quite interestingly for the Dracula ant, these species never have wings unless it is one member of the group, which is the males. They all have wings, and their four wings are long, and they're short where their hind wings are short and they're transparent, but they're different than other ant species because usually what happens is the males and the females, who they'll, like, develop wings and they'll fly off, do their reproductive flight, and then they'll lose their wings later. Mm. And these species, no females get wings, and the males keep their wings for life. Very cool. I know, so different. Yeah, I wonder what the... I guess it must just make sense for them, and that's okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't have a lot of answers there. Sorry. <laughs> I'll get into like what I know, but you know, it, they're a little different. We're making do. It happens. They're a little different. Yeah. So scientists are actually not so sure how this group of ants are able to like find new colonies to like set up. They kind of just have to guess. They're not sure mm. because of this weird wing thing. <laughs> yeah, they walk, I guess. 
Oh, well, I think the males fly off. Basically, their theory is that the males fly off to a new colony and mate there, but, like, don't start a new one with the females? That Because, I don't know. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, they do have an anatomical defense or maybe possibly offense. It's not really, like, proven which one. It could be both. I'll be the judge. Okay. They have lightning-fast jaws. It's only one species... Well, one genus specifically that has these, like, super quick jaws. It's the Mysterium genus. Mm. Uh, but their bite it can be defensive or offensive in theory. And works, like, it works because it, like, flings the prey or predators away from them. Really? By yeah. Like moving so fast? Yeah. And because it's so fast, it flings them away really quick. So <laughs> it, like, stuns or kills them. So it's, like, pretty oh, intense. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was that fast. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah, I'll get into, like, how fast to the end because it's, it's shocking. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, maybe a little bit more defensive. And I guess it works for both. I don't know. You'll don't see. Know. So, yeah, the, how does it work? These mandibles of the species this type of species of dracula ant are like flat and flexible rather than like curved and rigid mm. and they work similarly similarly to like a spring that's loaded or like a human snap like when you snap your fingers together basically they press the tips of the mandibles together and then they load them full of internal stress to be used as energy and then one of the mandibles will give into the stress slide off the other one and release oh both. yeah it is just like a finger yeah. snap that's interesting yeah if you like bend a spring and then let it go like boing mm-hmm. yeah it just builds up that tension and then boing that is really cool that they have like stretchy body parts like that yeah i don't know it's super weird <laughs> it is weird the more we talk about it the less i feel like this image that i'm definitely i was thinking that too i was like yeah. wow it's not, it looks less and less like what we're talking about but it could be yeah can't be yeah. proven Mm. Anyway, I'm sure some kind of biologist somewhere could definitely <laughs> prove that 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 is the case. Anyways, where do they live? I'm just going to mostly talk about the two that I'm aware of because that's the ones that they have a lot of research on. Uh, that's M. camelli, which is mostly found in Africa and Asia, widely distributed through like Indo-Australian region. So Australia, Brunei, Jerusalem. Um, India, China, Indonesia, Malaysia, Myanmar, New Guinea. So many places. I know. Singapore, Vietnam, and the Philippines. Very cool. Yes, but they're found in like tropical regions and under trees and stuff. That's pretty typical. Right. Yeah, and then there's a separate genus, the oh, mm, Herm. Ati, nope. Aditomyra. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where is it? Let me try. Okay, okay, it's right here. Uh, Aditomira. Aditomira. But there's an M right there. Yeah, Aditomira. Aditomira. All right. (laughs) We don't quite got that one. That's okay. They're endemic to Madagascar, so they only live in Madagascar. And apparently there's some in North Africa as well. But, but <laughs> only in Madagascar <laughs> and also other places. I think that's just other species, not yeah. these guys. Yeah. But yes. Yes. Food sources. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> the larvae eat arthropods that are brought to them by the adults. So some of these arthropod examples are like centipedes, termites, and caterpillars. What happens is the adults smack these bugs with their mandible to kill or stun them. Sounds like, uh, yeah, like slapping them, just like, and there's like, yeah, oh, like stop super it, stop hard it, slaps. and then like a billion of them. Maybe it's like being flicked. It's like being flicked a lot, like super hard. Yeah, 
so hard that you fling basically so hard they get they get <laughs> they get flicked so hard that the prey is pushed into a wall of the tunnel or like flinging at high velocity so ho- so hard that it stuns or kills them all right it sounds less fun than how i initially yeah it, but <laughs> it, whatever works for them <laughs> but yes if they're only stunned by this process the ants will then sting them to further incapacitate and then bring them back to the nest where the larva can consume them very good. I mean, yeah, you got to bring the food home, right? Correct. The adults, on the other hand, are unable to eat solid foods. That's due to their tiny waist being physically too small for foods, solid foods to pass through them. See, that se- doesn't seem very useful. I agree. I totally agree with you. But it looks amazing. You. Yeah, I actually had a whole <laughs> conversation about corsets earlier today. Yep. Apparently, in Victorian ages, pregnant women still wore corsets. Mm, seems ill-advised. I think so, too. <laughs> I think maybe no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to the back to the Dracula ant. So, because they can't eat food, there's actually a lot of different ants that have this kind of problem. Most ant species that have this issue instead eat tree liquids, nectar, sugar, water, and regurgitated food from the larva. This regurgitation behavior is known as trophallaxis. It can be very helpful for these types of colonies. Sometimes the adults, including the queens, they need to get, like, extra proteins, and that's how they do it. They will use their forelegs. In these environments, these colonies, the workers will use their forelegs to, like, tap on the larva in hopes that they will get them to regurgitate some of their food for the adults to consume. So they have their little bowl, and they're like, excuse me, excuse me, little little squishy squishy larva. (laughs) Provide me with a pre-digested sustenance. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. And if it's provided to them, the workers will share it amongst themselves and also with the queen. That's really gross and fascinating. I agree. On both counts. (laughs) Yeah. Not good. But also, you know, good for you. So, unfortunately, most if not all Dracula ant species are unable to perform trophallaxis. So, in these cases, adults have to get their protein another way. Here's where the name vampire or Dracula ant becomes relevant. The adults will do something pretty gruesome to get their protein source. They perform non-lethal or non-destructive cannibalism on the young. So they're just like, um, well, you tell me. Yeah, I will. (laughs) What they do is they bite or chew a small hole into the larva or pupa of their species. Then they proceed to suck up the blood a.k.a. Dracula, technically hemolymph, it's not really I was going to say, we don't have blood. Right, right. Of the young. And they this is done only to the individuals that are in their last larval instar, so big boys with the most hemolymph. This doesn't kill or harm the young. They still still continue to develop into healthy adults. However, they do show a lot of signs of trauma, so they'll be like heavily, <laughs> <laughs> heavily scarred all over them um, due to the numerous feedings. I mean, I get it. If you're super hungry, you can only eat liquids and you see these really puffy, fatty boys and you just they just look so juicy and you're just like, let me get a little bit. And so they do. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, if it doesn't, if it only traumatizes them, then that's fine, I guess. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they don't have emotional trauma. It's only physical. I mean, also, they've, you know, evolved to do this. So it, right. It's. Kind of and fine. if you think about it, all the adults that are doing this to the larva, they were all those larvae at some point. It's like a circle yeah. of life. Kind of. <laughs> Important note, all adults feed on 
on the larva and all of the larva are charred. All of them. So like everybody gets eaten, basically. Oh, uh, not even the little ones get away. Not really. <laughs> so one source did mention that if the colony is very starved, the workers will unfortunately pick off the weakest, most drained larva to sacrifice them as a meal. So draining them completely. So sometimes this non-destructive parental cannibalism does turn into flat-out cannibalism without within the colony. I was just imagining <laughs> like a really plump larva and then just like, you know, fast forward and it's just like a raisin. I mean, that's probably what's <laughs> up, honestly. Like, uh, I have nothing left. Oh, poor little guys. But apparently this is not that uncommon for ant species. They can be pretty brutal in times of desperation. Apparently most ant species, when starved, will start to eat their weakest young for nutrients. Pretty well, I brutal. mean, if it's for the good of the colony, right? Isn't that that's they the like kind of like a hive mind thing going yeah, on? Yeah, that's social insects for you. Mm. But I think um, a lot of social insects maybe do so outside of the colony. So, you know, it's a little dicey. <laughs> <laughs> So what eats the Dracula ants besides, you know, Dracula ants? Yeah, I guess themselves. <laughs> I actually couldn't find a lot on predators, sadly. So you kind of have to assume the normal suspects, with the exception maybe of centipedes, because, you know, they're a preferred food source for the ants. And also because ants are pretty small for a centipede to be eating, depending on the size of the centipede. Yeah, it'd be a lot course. of work for a, not a much food. Right. But centipedes are voracious predators themselves, so who knows? I would wager, though, that ants are not at the top of their prey list. Preferred list, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they do live in, like, Africa and Asia and places like that. So, like, things like ant eaters, depending on the area, could be possible. Oh, yeah. Could be possible. We never talk about ant eaters, and that's you know. I would think that's prime suspect. Yeah, maybe. It's I just don't name. know. I just don't know that I just don't know where they live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about ant eaters. So we have reached the reproduction section. Which it, we determined is not your favorite. Correct. <laughs> but it is a subject that you cover. It is true. It is important. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> <laughs> These are social insects. So they're ants. They live in large colonies run by queens. The colonies can be as many as like 10,000 strong, so like a lot, and they contain the different castes. So we've got several wingless queens, which is unique because most ant species feature queens with wings, mm. and it suggests that the, the females stay within their colony that they're born into for their whole life. These wingless queens are sedentary, and most species, in most species, the males and the young and the Young queens will leave and they'll fight. But I think yeah, they don't have all, wings. They, they just, just chill. chill. They, they just make just a little stay. like dirt couch and just hang out. Yeah, <laughs> they sure do. The next cast is going to be the winged male elates. Elates being reproductives that fly. They're going to be darker orange than the worker ants. And, and that's for all the different species of Dracula ant that I found. And scientists feel that this shows that they fly to other colonies before mating. I'm not sure why color would lead a scientist to feel that way, but I'm not a scientist. Well, they got a nice tan. They got to go show it off. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense to me. But we're going to go with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Then there are the workers. The workers are all female. They are... Usually looking a lot like the queen, but maybe a little bit smaller. In the species that we tried to pronounce earlier, <laughs> the eight Aditome. No, no, no. Why is it so hard? Aditomimra. Nope. <laughs> Aditomimra. 
Yeah, that one. They are blind. So they appear almost like termites. Like they're like an opaque white color and they, but they still have like all the fluffy weird texture all over. Oh, that's super cool. I know. It's really interesting. And then there are the young, the larvae. The larvae are pretty voracious eaters, uh, but they do look kind of like little sacks with mountains on them. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So these colonies are often found inside rotting logs. The colonies function by the workers caring for the young. In their case, bringing them food. So, like, the... The centipedes and all that junk. Yeah, 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 Likely, they also tend to the eggs and clean them and the larvae, because that's usually what they do in these types of environments. And the colony structure also does include that social stomach, which is what they call this whole, like, weird feeding on the larvae thing. Social stomach. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds way more innocent. It does. It does, doesn't (laughs) it? (laughs) But the queens do all the mating and produce all of the eggs, and the colonies actually lack soldiers, which is something we see pretty often in these kind of, like, caste systems. But that's probably due to the ability of the workers to take down larger prey all by themselves. They don't really need need soldiers if the workers do the job. Makes sense to me. Yeah. So they do go through a full metamorphosis, egg larva, pupa, and adults. The larvae look like large eggs with faces, kind of. That's sort of what with faces. Oh well, yeah, like little like jack o' lanterns. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're mostly transparent with areas of, of opaque white. They kind of look like maggots or termites, but they've got little tiny ant faces. Oh, oh, on the egg? No, on the larva. Oh, I thought, I thought <laughs> we were talking about the egg. I'm like, the egg has a face on it, and then you're like, yeah, a tiny ant face, and I'm like imagining like an <laughs> egg with like a face pushing out of it, and I was like, that sounds terrifying. Well, that's what the larva look like. Oh. So. <laughs> Yes, and the pupa coloration is likely dependent on species, but I was only able to find one photo, which I believe was of the M. M. Camilli. Uh, it was giving me kind of like Metapod <laughs> from like Pokemon, but yellow with a brown hat instead. And um, oh yeah, because Metapod's like moon shaped and like green, green and yeah. like hard and yeah. So this was giving me that, but yellow with like a brown hat and oh. no giant cartoon eyes. Well, I like the reference. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have any way to go off of like how long they live. I had to base it on other ants in general. And unfortunately, ant species can be very different from one another. And they can live in very big ranges. However, there are a few things that are usually true. Queens typically live the longest, usually up to a few years, can range from like a year to like a decade or more. So like pretty variable. Yeah. And then the workers typically live for a couple of weeks to several months, but they get regenerated pretty quick. And then the males usually only live for a few days because they usually get their wings. They go, they fly, they mate, they die. It's important to note that that may not be the case for these guys, especially because the males are so different in this Mm. colony than they are in other ant colonies. So that probably isn't true for the males in this situation. I mean, yeah, sometimes there's just not that much research on things and we just got to fill in the gaps. That's okay. It's all good. Just, you know, make it whatever you want it to be. Maybe the males live forever (laughs) (laughs) because they're cool Dracula powers. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Yes. So are they rare? Yeah, actually, I mean, like, this is one that's actually very rare. They're uncommonly seen due to their rarity, but also because they make their homes in leaf litter and fall in logs and under rocks and stuff like that. But generally speaking, they're a rare species. 
Which we don't cover that many of, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like a lot of ones we get are like super common or like cover like the whole globe and and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And so interesting that we found like a little... Sneaky boy. Yeah. Yeah. So are they dangerous? They don't have stingers. And it's pretty easy to assume that if they try to bite you, it wouldn't feel great. But I can't really say that they're dangerous per se. Maybe to their young. Yeah. (laughs) So there is the the matter of their jaw mechanism. Probably doesn't feel great. But then there also is the matter of like the toxins that are located in their jaws because they're located in all ant jaws. When an ant bites you, it injects toxins into your skin. That's why even like the little black ants that you find in your backyard feel like at least uncomfortable. Yeah, they are like, I'm always like uh, amazed at how much it hurts. Yeah. I'm like, ah, you're so small. How did that hurt so bad? But yes, it can cause swelling and itching and, you know, mild pain. Although some ants have incredibly painful bites. I'm looking at you, bullet ant. We'll get to you someday. (laughs) That'd be exciting. Oh, I can't wait for that episode. Anyways, I wasn't able to find any records of human bites. So I'm unable really to determine how painful it would be. But it's safe to say it's probably not dangerous. Mm. Yeah. They are unfortunately listed as endangered. Sadly, that's sort of how things go when something's really rare. It's probably also not doing so hot environmentally. And that is the case here. It's most likely because they live in rainforests and tropical places. And yeah, we run into this every yeah. now and then. It's like they had loss of habitat means loss of bugs. Yeah, not just bugs, but let's well, not be you know, too That's big. what's most important, obviously. <laughs> For the, for the purposes of this podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for cool stuff. Yes, hit me with some more Yay. Dracula stuff. Okay, so I will because I'm talking about Draculians, but also it's not that Dracula related. <laughs> <laughs> so the M, the M, Camilli, Camilli. Why can't I just say that fast? Today is not a day for scientific names. You did great. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, their bite has been described as the fastest animal movement on record. Really? Now that, to me, seems slightly debatable. Yeah. Because the peregrine, per, peregrine falcon, diving its diving speed per Nat Geo is a maximum record of 242 miles per hour, which is 389 kilometers per hour. Kilometers? So you're saying that kilometers? its job piece moves faster than that? Yeah. Or does that disqualify because they're probably doing a little diving action? So here, here's where, yeah, that's where it gets kind of debatable. So a lot of sources, so Nat Geo says 242. A lot, most sources say 200 miles yeah. per hour for the Peregrine Falcon. The same speed is that of the Dracula ant, 200 miles per hour. However, the Dracula ant can go from zero to 200 miles per hour in 15 microseconds. Ooh, it's got a lot of torque. I bet you it like breaks the sound barrier when it moves like a whip Possibly, or man. Separate source said 90 meters per a second, but I don't, I can't, I don't know meters. So like <laughs> that's vague to me. But yeah, one microsecond is a millionth of a second. That's 5,000 times faster than the blink of an eye. So I'm not sure how quickly the Falcon can get to that 242 miles per hour, but... I doubt it's instantaneous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe they're right in that this animal's bite, this ant's bite, is a little bit faster. It makes way more sense when you're saying it's like blowing their prey away with its force. And I'm like, what is it doing? I guess it's like a mousetrap, but like way faster or something. just infinitely faster. Yeah. Yeah. Also, how did they film that? It's got to be like the best camera ever. I get into that, actually. (laughs) Surprisingly, I'm actually going to talk about that. 
Wild. I'm surprised that I'm going to talk about that. That's crazy. But yeah, the mechanism described at the beginning of the episode, that kind of like snapping mechanism, is super unique in what allows this crazy speed to happen. They don't have to use like three separate mouth parts to amplify the power of their jaws. It's all done in this one snapping motion. The reason I mentioned the three different mouth parts is because the previously discovered fastest bite was also an ant, the trap jaw ant. And it used three separate mouth parts to achieve its speedy bite. Mm. So one for loading the spring mechanism, one to latch it, and one to let it go. The Dracula ant's bite is three times faster than that ant. Because it has, it's, it's less complicated. One. Boom, got it. Yeah. Yep, yeah. So as you mentioned, like what kind of camera do you get to get this? Scientists were only able to discover this mechanism of this bite utilizing high-speed video and x-ray imaging to observe the bite itself as well as the anatomy of the ant's mandibles in like three dimensions and that kind of technology was only available like 10 years ago so like woo science yeah we finally got it we're doing the important work of filming bug bites well i'm not someone is <laughs> well, someone is yeah and i think that's it i think that's that all i have cool. for you on dracula ants wow i wish there was more but i mean I know. what are we gonna do yeah if you're but a researcher out there, get get on it and let's yeah. report back. Find them. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did find some research for that one that I've been mentioning the most. It, it, it really just showed pictures of them and, mm. like, the different casts. So I was like, I need more than that. Yeah. I need more than pictures. Well, it was still cool. I like their mechanism. And I think it's really funny that they bite their young and, and suck out their stuff. Uh, funny also is the gross. word. Well, okay, interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> it's appropriate for the season. Yeah, that is Dracula ants or vampire ants. Very cool. Yeah. I do have one shout out. I'm just going to spell this one. It's P-I-O-T-R underscore N-A-S-K-R-E-C-K-I. And they are the ones that provided this image that may or may not be of a Dracula ant. We appreciate it nonetheless. Thank yeah. you for letting us use your image. Uh, if we had to take all these photos, we would never get anything done. Yeah, you guys would never see the bugs we're talking about. Yeah, like, never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the photo claims to be a worker ant taking a bite of a larva, which I mean, it this does photo, appear to be that. It is definitely an ant. At least moving a larva. <laughs> so it's possible that it is this Dracula ant biting the larva. I like to but believe it is. I can't confirm. Cannot confirm. Still very cool. And thank you. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. So let's do all the nonsense. What is the things that we have to talk about? So Instagram. That's Just Bugs Podcast um, on Instagram. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to look at pictures of bugs. For the bug looking. And then you can message us on justbugspodcast at gmail.com to tell us how much you like the dumb bug pictures. Yeah, <laughs> or if, if you've got personal stories about bugs or you have bug requests, whatnots, so forth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you if you want to tell us about cool bug stories or request some bugos. The other option for communicating with us or also supporting us in some way is going to be the Patreon. So that's at justbugs. And it's, you know, got stuff for you guys. We're trying to, like, actually implement more stuff. Matt just added some cool extra content on there. So thanks for that, Matt. I'm working on it. It was it was well appreciated, I believe. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um. Oh, rate, review. Tell your friends. Yeah, rate and review the show on the podcast platform of choice. They've been going up steadily, and I think it's helping. So thank you very much. Yeah. And yeah, 
tell the tell your friends, spread the words. The best way for us to grow, and we appreciate you all. Yeah, and, and sorry night. I was so yeah. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I was so sleepy and uh, bad with words today. No, you did just fine. Oh, Don't worry thanks, about dear. it. Thank you. All right, let's head home. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always. Don't squish bugs. Don't squish bugs. Okay, bye. Bye.